Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Our text today from the Great Resurrection chapter. When the perishable has put on the imperishable, and the mortal has put on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death has been swallowed up in victory. This is our text. Everybody dies. Is that a happy thought on this happy morning? Probably not. Is it a comforting thought? Well, in some ways it might be. Because that means that death is an experience that that we all have in common. Plus, we know that that many, many people have gone through it ahead of us. So that might take away a little apprehension. But not nearly all of it. Recently, I ran across this quote from an actor named Albert Brooks. You may have heard of him. He said, I think I envy my dog because... My dog is 16, and she's limping, and she's still living, but she doesn't look at me like she knows. She's not thinking what I'm thinking. It's a cruel trick that we all know the ending. Is it? Is it a cruel trick that we know the ending? No. It's a wonderful blessing because we know the ending that God has promised. Isaiah talked about it thousands of years, even before the birth of Christ, when he said, he will swallow up death forever. And and St. Paul echoes those words, death is swallowed up in victory. Nothing cruel about that. So, yes... Everybody dies, but everybody who trusts in Jesus will live again and will live forever. For now, though, death still looms large in our lives. Maybe for you it is a rather recent or maybe an impending death of of someone you love very much. Or maybe it's the fact that, that pretty much every day we, we hear stories of, of terrorists' acts and other acts of mercy. Or maybe it's your visits to the cemetery to visit the grave of a spouse, a parent, perhaps a child. Or it's your own death that, uh, that you know is, is bound to happen and, and maybe sooner rather than later. Or just the knowledge we all have that one day we will die. Death looms large in everyone's life. For no one was that more true 
than for Jesus. He not only knew that he would die, he knew when and where and how that would happen. He knew that the very purpose of his life was to die. But Easter isn't about death. It's about life. Life after death. Resurrection life. People often visit the cemetery where their loved one is buried. We don't have to do that for Jesus. In fact, we can't do that for Jesus. He isn't there. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. And that is an historical fact. Jesus died. It really happened. Jesus came back to life. That really happened as well. Our scripture readings today talk about both the the historical fact of the resurrection and also the interpretation of those facts. What Jesus' resurrection means in our lives now and in the future. And those are the uh, two ways that I'd like to think about the Easter effect this morning. The effect that Easter has on us right now. And also the effect it will have on us in the future. Or as it's outlined in your, in your service folder, the, al- the already and the not yet. Well, the Easter effect is indeed present in our lives already. While death still looms large for most of us, it doesn't have nearly the same impact it would have had if Easter had not happened. For one thing, our fear and sorrow over death are lessened, not taken away completely, not yet. I want to make sure that we understand that. Christians sometimes fail to realize that the destruction of of the pain of death goes in the not yet category. So sometimes we think there must be something wrong with our faith or, or maybe with someone else's faith when we feel fear or sorrow at the thought of death. No, for now the sting remains. But it's not as bad as it would have been. And maybe that's hard to imagine because it can seem almost unbearable now. But the truth is that fear and sorrow over death are lessened to whatever degree as a direct result of Easter. I've seen that over and over again in the lives of of believers. We bury our loved ones knowing that we will see them again. That diminishes the sorrow. We face our own death knowing that we will live again. That reduces the fear. 
And that's already the case. Another effect that Easter has right now is that Satan's power is weakened. Easter both shows the power of Christ and shrinks the power of Satan. But while his power has been weakened, it has not been eliminated. That means we can't resist him by ourselves. I'm not saying that Satan is irresistible. That's certainly not the case. God's people have been resisting him down through the ages. But only with God's help. And it's when we forget that part that we find ourselves in trouble. How easy it is to to start thinking that we'll be fine on our own, that, that we can go it alone. So when life starts to get busy, we start to drift. Spending less time with God in prayer and with God's people in worship. And I mean no offense, but that's just not too smart. And I don't know how to say it any nicer than that. In our relationship with the Lord, time together is so crucial. We need to spend time with Him to strengthen that relationship. More importantly, we need to draw strength from Him in order to resist Satan and his temptations. That's the way Satan's power in our lives is weakened, even as our fear and sorrow over death are diminished. And those things are already true, such is the magnitude of the Easter effect. But they pale in comparison with what is yet to come when Christ returns and and we experience fully the Easter effect. At that time, death won't just be diminished, it will be destroyed. Remember again those words from our text. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death has been swallowed up in victory. Did you catch it? When the perishable puts on the imperishable. The perishable is is that which can die. When that puts on the imperishable, that which cannot die, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. But that hasn't happened. Not yet. That's why there is still a great sting to death. And that will remain the case until Jesus comes again and raises us from death. That's the moment when the perishable will put on the imperishable and the mortal will put on immortality. That hasn't happened. Not yet. That's why it still hurts so much when someone we love dies. But what we know is that that pain won't last forever. 
I'm not saying that it will fade with time. I guess that might be possible. Then again, there's no guarantee of that. Whether or not the pain fades with time, there will come a time when it disappears completely and forever. That time is still coming. It's not here. Not yet. It will be here when we are there in heaven with the ones we love and with the one who so loves us. In the same way, while Satan's power is is weakened now, it will be totally eliminated then. I can't wait for that day. Can you? When Satan will no longer be able to influence the way I think or, or what I say or what I do. When he'll no longer be able to tempt me to sin or accuse me of sin. When he will be banished to hell, never to be let out again. At that time, there will be no more trips to the cemetery to visit the grave of a father or mother or a wife or husband. What would be the point? They won't be there because death will have been swallowed up in victory. Satan's power will be a thing of the past. In that day, as Isaiah says, we will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him, and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. On that day, as St. Paul says, we will shout with joy, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, who gives us the victory. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.